Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. You're tuned in to Your Access Has Been Granted Podcast. Join the regulators weekly to mount up on topics focusing on developing self while exploring hot topics, culture, and music. Here's your host, Brittany Leary. Regulators! Mount up. Regulators! Mount up. <laughs> Every time you say it, I'm laugh. Because it's like perfect. Dog. And you've been waiting to say I've it? I've been waiting so patient oh. to say it in a public setting. So, <laughs> Welcome to episode two of Your Access Has Been Granted podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Leary. And today I have a special guest. But before we get to our guest, I want to say welcome back if you're here for the second episode and you already listened to episode one. And if you just joined us for the first time, I want to say hello. I want you to go back, listen to episode one, because in this episode today, we'll connect a lot of dots with my personal village. Nakia is one of my best friends. I said her name now, so I have to introduce her. My special guest today is Nakia Simone. She is a medical esthetician and owner of Art of Aesthetic Studio. Is it Skin Studio or Studio? Mm, Skin Studio. Art of Aesthetic Skin Studio. You have to say it right. Because when you say skin studio, you put your shoulder in it. Yes. And you throw your hair a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. feel it. You feel mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Nakia, introduce yourself to the regulators. All right. What's up, regulators? As Brittany said, my name is Nakia Simone. I am a licensed medical esthetician, a.k.a. skin therapist, also known as a skin alchemist. I specialize in clearing acne, brightening hyperpigmentation, and really helping people to put self-care first. So I've coined the term as a skincare ritualist as I set out to curate wellness and self-care moments for women of color. Ah, so right now, just a quick question before we get into the logistics of the episode. Would you say that your passion is self-care or skincare? Ooh, off the dome. Off the dome with the good. It just felt right at that moment. Yeah, I think it started as skincare, but now I really see it as self-care. Like my skincare is my self-care. That's the way I show up for myself. That's the way I pour into myself. And my goal is to help people learn how to do the same. Another one of Nakia's goals is to always make sure you're comfortable when you're around. So that includes making sure you have a nice glass of wine. She went in the kitchen and she said, do you want some wine? And I'm like, wine not. (laughs) You get it? You get it? It's such a rich auntie joke. I don't know who I am. I'm like Kris Jenner with no kids. Whatever. (laughs) Why am I laughing so hard? All right. So regulators, I wanted to come back and update you on what platforms the podcast is now available on. As of today, the podcast is available on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, 
Pocket Cast and Radio Public. It's also available on Apple Podcasts and on my website, www.accessgranitesolution.com. You don't have to go search all of these platforms for the podcast. I have provided you with the link, one single link in my description on my personal page and on my business page, which I'll put in the show notes and I'll make sure that if you're following Access Granted Solutions and it's at Access Granted underscore Solutions, you're already getting those updates. If you're not following the business page, it is spelled A-C-C-E-S-S-G-R-N-T-D underscore solutions. So yeah, we have multiple platforms now to listen to the podcast and I want to make sure that everyone is sharing the podcast, sending me reviews. I want to be upfront and say thank you to everyone who has given me feedback about the episodes. I have taken notes. I have devised plans to implement certain things moving forward. So thank you for all the feedback. Now we're going to get into our random selection of questions. We're not going to do 20 questions because quite frankly, it takes too long. It took 15 minutes for me to do it alone. The episode is probably already going to be an hour because we're going to be chit-chatting. So I'm going to randomly select some questions just so that you can get to know our guest a little bit more. And then we'll move on to the good stuff in the episode. So the first question is, what is the best professional development book that you've read? Strictly professional. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have the know-with-all to fully grasp and understand seven habits of highly productive people mm-hmm. until I read through the four agreements and then rereading seven habits. It's it's like butter. So seven habits. Okay, so we're gonna leave that with your personal development favorite was the four agreements and it allowed you to understand the seven the seven habits, habits of, of highly effective people, which is more of a professional development book. For sure. Okay. If y'all Listen to episode one, Four Agreements, was also my book of choice as far as personal development. Can we have a segue to the first time that we read the (laughs) Four Agreements? Yes. It was like story time with Brittany as we were driving from Palm Beach to Tampa. I was Tampa. trying to my podcast <laughs> yes, yes, in 2018. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Prior to this being a thing, it was a thing. And it was story time with Brittany. And we got through like the first like two agreements. Mm-hmm. And then you was like, bitch, I ain't reading to you no more. And right. And you had book. to go buy your own book. <laughs> so we were on the road to, was it Dear? Because it, it was, was something she was doing. Maybe a New Year's party. Yeah. Yes. We were on our way to our friend's, Dierica's house for New Year's. She lives in Tampa area. So it was a three and a half hour drive. And for the first two hours, at least, I read the book out loud. And we had conversations like we were in class. And that's how she was introduced to the four agreements. I think we had all saw it circulating. For sure. But we had nobody who had actually read it to give us advice about it or to give us insight or review. Right. And once I started reading it, I'm passing along the information because that's the point. You give your friend stuff that's good. Exactly. You don't hold out on certain stuff. Once you learn, you teach. You teach. That's exactly. from Auntie Maya. That's from Auntie Maya. All right. If you could learn one new personal skill, what would it be? So a personal skill that I would like to develop what are you lacking in your personal skills right now that you be like girl i need to tighten up taking everything personally ah we're getting to the nitty-gritty so yeah hi my name is nikia simone i take everything personally. 
right. Next question. If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Do you miss anything from the 90s or the early 2000s? The 9-9 the 2000s? Besides back that ass up. Okay. <laughs> so, it's already started to come back because you know fashion and recycles. And it's bell bottoms for me. Oh, oh I love flare. I like the high waist because it accentuates the waist to ass ratio. Exactly. And then the bell bottoms and then long gates because I'm short. I'm only 5'4". And a half on a good day. Y'all should see her getting on her toes. <laughs> what did she do? I don't know. You, she that's was what, on her toes, people. Bell bottoms lift the booty. So. And she was definitely acting it out. Yeah. Speaking of that, I need to buy some bell bottoms now. Well, speaking of that, mm-hmm. what's the most embarrassing fashion trend you used to rock? What's in those pictures you look at and be like, who let me wear that? Facebook humbles you, okay? <laughs> so, circa 2007, I used to wear like mini skirts uh, and wear the tights. tights oh my God. You know which one of your friends used to kill that? You know what? I take that back. Dee didn't do the skirt and tights as much as she did the motherfucking gauchos and them pointy toe heels. Ooh, I don't come back. Gauchos can stay gone. I know they coming back in different forms, but we don't need them no more. I did gauchos too, but it was the tights and the mini skirt that was the worst because I had two pictures. One in each of those outfits. And you had on heels too, didn't you? Of course. Why wouldn't I have on heels? <laughs> Did you have on the big belt also? Why? In combination with the skirt and the tights. And my eyeshadow was up to my... Oh my God! With no eyeliner. They can keep all that shit. All that. You know what they can keep from me? What? Them thin eyebrows. Yes. Every time I look at oh, an old Shushang. picture... Shushang was makeup eyebrows. Dog. We didn't wear any makeup. No. And we would get our eyebrows done faithfully, nails and everything, mm-hmm. and come out with them little shoestrings. Shoestrings. That shit was horrible. And now, the only thing I want is thick brows. Like, yeah, I like, let, let them my shit bush grow. out, and I just trim Clean them, them up. Scissors. That's it. Don't do me too much. All right, next question. If you were famous, what would you be famous for? If I were famous, I'm just going to speak it into existence. Just say it. It's going to be about skincare and self-care. Period. That's just on period. On period. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Trust the process. Trust the process. Y'all going to hear that a lot. (laughs) Especially if we got anything to do with it over here. You're going to hear that a lot. The next question. I feel like we've already covered that you are a traveler. Yes. What is your favorite place that you've traveled so far? Thailand. I knew that was going to be your answer. Yeah, I mean... All I can see is you on them elephants. When I tell you, don't nothing feel I've never felt so alive than, like, sitting on this big-ass mammal and, like, going into the wilderness. I don't even speak the language that the guide speaks. I don't know nothing about this. Mind you, also, I'm sitting on the neck of an elephant. My crotch was hurting, so... I was going to say, bitch, too. He's big. Exactly. <laughs> He's girthy. He's real girthy. He's girthy, nigga. Woo! If you've ever been on a spin bike, imagine Woo! riding an elephant. Girl, we going to talk about our spin experiences, because, Lord, we bonded over spin. We did. We Woo, did. We became closer. Exactly. Over we spin. spin class. <laughs> but Thailand was dope. Like, Southeast Asia, I know there's an Asian woman that resides in my soul like in a past life or something i was mm-hmm. an asian person i got these little asian eyes so the, even the asian people in thailand were like you're not asian i'm like nope mm-hmm. no i'm not but it was just an amazing experience we went for two weeks we got to go to three different parts of the country so like the north the islands and the south part of it we skipped over bangkok because i didn't want to be 
around so many people. It was really mm-hmm. relaxing, but it was amazing. You got culture with like the temples and I got food and got to be like on beaches and it was just a dope experience. Yeah, it looks like it's dope. It's on my bucket list. I got to make it there before it's all over. What is your favorite meal to cook and why? Favorite meal Y'all to don't cook. know she a low-key chef. Man, I do be whipping in the kitchen you be, like this. You got your curry thing going yeah. on. Like, that's why my house would have to have a dope kitchen yeah. and entertaining space because I got to invite over all my hoes. And Lisa, we got Thanksgiving's going to be lit. Exactly. I love shrimp and grits. Mm. Shrimp and grits. And the main reason is because I've perfected my shrimp and grits over the time. Like, and you know, like I like a jambalaya type of thing. I'll make some dirty rice and shrimp or whatever the case may be. But it's always comes back to these flavors something savory and I like how I can build upon it and add different elements to it. Little tip, if you deglaze your pan with some white wine mm-hmm. after you cook your shrimp, take your shrimp out, deglaze your pan and then add everything back in, it just develops the flavor. So because it is, instead of using water, you're using what? So wait, when you deglaze the pan, mm-hmm. is that for the sauce that you're going to put the shrimp back in or is that the base of the grits? Because I have went a whole nother way. So this is the sauce that I'm going to put the, the shrimp back okay. in. So like I literally cook my peppers and onions, my garlic. I cook that down first, take that out the pan and then put my shrimp in mm-hmm. and just do a quick little browning on each side. Mm-hmm. That leaves a little stuff remnants on the bottom right the right right pouring that white almost like wine, you're making a little roux making a roux exactly that's exactly what you because i'm low-key a chef but that's, exactly that's we, are, we already know <laughs> and new orleans food is all roux about based. this it's roux based and developing that flavor so you toss in that white wine a wine that you would drink not like a cooking wine like a wine that you would enjoy because then you're going to enjoy it in the food toss that in there you stir it around get up all the little remnants that are in the bottom of the pan mm-hmm and it starts to develop that roux, add everything back in, and baby. Baby. <laughs> baby. It's so good. So good. You literally just want to drink the roux. All right. Let's go on from the food. What is your best scar story? What scar on your body reminds you of something that's either sad, happy, but is literally the best story you can think of? This scar represents... It looked like a burn. It does look like a burn. It wasn't a burn, though. I got this while I was pregnant with Nuri, uh-huh. and I was actually dermaplaning a client, and I went to switch from using my dermaplane blade to using my extractor tool. So, and for whatever reason, I wasn't being mindful. My head was somewhere else, and I went and I don't know what I did, but I stabbed myself with a dermaplane blade. Oh, and while I was pregnant. And I had on long sleeves. And when I pulled my sleeve back, I could see my white meat. Oh. All while having a client on the table. So um, that was awkward. Uh, How did the client respond? Well, (laughs) she doesn't know because I literally stabbed myself, took the blade off. I have like first aid stuff here all the time. So I go over to the sink. I pour peroxide on it. I put a Band-Aid on it. I text my husband <laughs> that I need assistance. And luckily, I wasn't, like, bleeding out. But clean up everything and... Uh, finish your appointment. Finish my appointment. Wow. For the record, I am blood-borne pathogen certified. So all the things that go into making sure 
that it's a sterile exactly. safe environment. You have to clarify that for the, exactly. the, re- the regular sure. I was more so concerned. Like with dermaplaning, I don't cut anybody's skin or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just at the beginning. But, you know, I was more concerned with like, oh shit, like right. did I nick something and then now I'm pregnant and yeah. all this other stuff. The harm was going to be done to it you. It was going to be done to me. Yeah, not so, the client. Not to the client. But I was able to get through that and I decided that I wasn't going to get stitches and so I just used butterfly bandages, which is why it's so dark and mm-hmm. the way it looks. It's pretty fresh. But that one's pretty funny. Like, bitch, pay attention to what you're doing. Be mindful, especially with sharp objects. And then for you, I know you, to keep your composure. Right. To clean up and everything and finish what you was doing. Wow. <laughs> that was a good story. All right. I'm going to let that be our last question because the idea of scars that we develop as children and we carry on with us throughout adulthood and they tell a story. Yeah. It's essentially what personal development is like. Yeah. You have scars from your childhood more than likely or from just experiences in life. And they reappear sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you see them, you're like, shit. Mm-hmm. Here, <laughs> Here you go, you go. again. <laughs> Here you fucking go again. So we're going to start talking about the good stuff now. I would like for you to kind of give us some insight on how you developed the idea of art of aesthetics from an aspect of taking your passion, which I identify from my perspective as self-care and making an impact with skincare. Yeah. How can you give us a little bit of insight on what that transition was for you and what made Art of Aesthetics your passion project? Sure. So I guess we have to go back to when I was working for Pottery Barn. Good. I um, wanted you to go back there. Take it back. <laughs> I might even wanted you to go back to Aveda because that's gonna, where you were introduced to this, is true, this life. But it's where I was introduced, but I didn't realize okay. that it was a passion for me until I didn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make more money. Mm-hmm. That was my goal. This is in my 20s. I want to make more money. I deserve to make more money. Other people out here making more money. I should be making more money. Mm-hmm. We'll come back. And you strategized that too. Oh, absolutely. You remember the letter you wrote? And then, no, forget the letter. You remember how you told them you made more money than you actually did? Oh, and they all ended the time. Up you way more <laughs> All the time. All the time. I'm like, The so, process to get the job was extra as hell. I remember. So extra. Oh, God. You've been around for a long I time. Am, I am. That job was an extra ass job, but I'm so Sorry, keep going it with was, your story. It was. And so I thought making more money would make me happy. I'm working mm-hmm. in retail. I've been working for this company for a while. And it's the first job that I had really loved. But I'm like, I want to make more money. There's other people. I'm working in this high-end mall where these store managers are making $85,000, $95,000. I'm not making that. Mm-hmm. And yet... I want to get to that. So let me find another company that I can go make that with or I can make more money. So it means that I have to take on more responsibility. I have to get a higher volume store. I might even have to take a job as assistant manager in order to get the general manager job that I want Mm -hmm. for a multi-million dollar store. So I go and I get the job. I get what I'm asking for pay-wise and I hate it. Like Mm -hmm. eventually I hate it. One, because maybe sometimes the clientele I'm working with Two, maybe the person I'm working for. Three, this isn't what I'm really passionate about. I'm selling stuff, but now it really does feel like selling. Like now I'm really looking at these metrics and like, oh, I need to open this many credit cards. First and foremost, I hate opening credit cards. Second, I need to sell something that I'm not familiar with and it's not from a place of passion. Like, and then I'm learning stuff all over again. Like, 
I remember certain things like home decor things that I didn't even know what the name of it was, which is awkward because people look at you like you have two heads when you mispronounce. I can't think of what it is right now, but I can't think of nothing. But I remember I didn't know what the cancer was and you had to tell me what that was. There we go. Like a decanter. (laughs) I'm like, that's what it's called. Can you tell the people what a decanter is? Because I literally did not know what it was until you told me. So a decanter (laughs) is something that you put your liqueur. Mm-hmm. inside of so you can have one for like whiskey you can have like crystal decanters and it's like a whole thing like people come in and they're looking for decanters there's something else that I even pronounced it wrong on the walkie-talkie to everybody in the store mind you this is just the ego part right now but I'm the youngest and it's only black and I'm the manager on duty at the time and then I asked for oh fucking votive candle votive I said oh the ones that's fake no, it's I'm a just small using context clues because I don't yes. know what's up. <laughs> it's a votive candle, and I didn't know what it was, and I called it a votive or votive or something like that, something stupid. And they say I like he was being ghetto. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> Tarjay in this bitch, uh, but like votive. I need four white votives to cap some whatever area I was in, and they're like, huh? Votive candles are small candles, they're little tiny. They're bigger than tea light, but they're like this big. So those are votive candles. I didn't know what a votive candle was. I didn't know how to pronounce it on the walkie-talkie as this new manager, this black young manager or whatever, with everyone who is white and over 45 as my subordinates. Mm -hmm. And they're like, do you mean a votive? (laughs) And you like, bitch. Exactly, exactly. So I'm in this situation. This isn't really what I thought it was to be. Like, yes, I manifested this job. I got mm-hmm. what I thought I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, Power of the words. Even if it ain't good for you, you exactly. can talk it into existence. And here we are. So you got mm-hmm. more money. Here you are. And I, it caused me to realize that I missed the job, the company, the type of products I was selling previously with Aveda. Mm-hmm. And that's literally where everything starts. I got introduced to spirituality I got introduced to chakras and Ayurveda, Mm -hmm. which is an ancient Indian healing art that goes back way before Western medicine. And it was all about me getting back to that. Like I had left this job, made more money. Now what do I do with that? So I decided I wanted to go to aesthetic school. I've always loved skincare. I've always had problematic skin. So working for Aveda, I learned about products and ingredients and rituals as far as like skincare how you're going to take care of your skin, hair care, how you're going to do that. Started going to spas on a regular basis because it was really, really cheap. Mm-hmm. And I got an opportunity to get exposed to these things. And through working with Aveda as a manager, you go to these great like sales conferences and they call it Beyond Belief. And you go to these different parts of the country, all expenses paid for a weekend, and they pour into you. Like Not only are they talking about sales and recognition and performance and all those KPIs that make a business profitable, but they're really pouring into you. So in the morning, you're doing yoga. They're giving you an option to do hiking or whatever. You get up at six and you can do these things in beautiful locations. And then you go in and you're doing some training and they're going to bring in someone who's going to do like a personality trait test where they're going to be like, oh, okay, so this is your competitive and your so on and so forth. I know competition was one of my things. So this is how we're going to teach you in order to make Which sure. Which is extremely smart because in personal development, when I coach people, I mm-hmm. learn that's one of the first things in phase one. 
Absolutely. learning what your personality type is and core values. Absolutely. And so what they called that at the time was called Talent Plus. And that's mm-hmm. how I would train and develop my associates. And it was individualized. Um, it was individualized. So I mm-hmm. know how to talk to you in a certain way, what things are going to get better performance out of you, how to relate better to you because everyone's not hearing or learning the same way. Mm -hmm. So anyways, long story, shorter version, I started working in a job that I thought would make me happy because it was going to make me more money. I realized that I missed my old job. And so I did some sitting with what part of that job that I loved the most. And prior to going to Pottery Barn, I thought about going to aesthetic school. I wanted to go to an Aveda school. It was like massage therapy and it was aesthetics. And I I was very clear that I didn't want to do massage because I keep having this vision of like, it's the hairy fat guy with that I have to massage and that's just not for me. And he's going to be moaning and groaning and you're going to feel inappropriate. Uh, right. No, I don't uh, need No. Uh, <laughs> but skincare. <laughs> I'm able to learn how to take care of my skin and teach other people. And, you know, through the process of going to aesthetic school, I had the worst breakout in my skin's history, which I really should have taken pictures of. And to be completely honest, my subconscious was like, document, take photos. But my ego was like, no, don't take pictures of it because you look ugly. So anyways, I went to aesthetic school. I learned how to correct my skin. And I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. This is exactly what I want to do. I learned how to do it for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I could do this for other people. Originally, I didn't think I could do it. Right. You doubted yourself. For sure. I doubted myself for a long time. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know where exactly I'm going to be. I don't even think that Art of Aesthetics as a studio as it is today was the thought. A part of, the, of your vision. It wasn't a part it wasn't of the vision. Yet. It wasn't. It was like, oh, I'll be a medical esthetician. I'll work at doctor's offices. I'll work at med spas. I interned and did that. I've worked in those professions. And as I continue to work there, I realized I really have a need to do it my way. It's important for women Black women who struggle with skincare. So 80% of Black women deal with hyperpigmentation. Mm-hmm. I'm a Black woman. Black women are looking for me. And if I'm at this place or that place and that place, I realize, yes, they're capitalizing off the fact that Black women are looking for me. And they're using but, you and for exactly, that for demographic. That, for that demographic. Because if they come in, if you're coming into a white establishment and you see this Black woman there, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, she knows. Exactly. But then I'm having to do it exactly. their way. Exactly. Which, I wish you could hear the episode. See, as we're recording right now, no one has heard the first episode. So by the time they hear your episode, they're going to be able to see how we align yeah. in our process. Mm. And that's what a question was asked on the first episode when I did 20 questions. And it was like, what do you look like in a friend? And I think I said something along the lines of reciprocation. But alignment is a lot of why my friends are my friends, because we have a lot in common Mm -hmm. that's not like in your face in common. But as you're telling your story, you're literally telling my story with different pieces to the puzzle. For sure. It's cool. That's cool. cool. That's cool or whatever. It is. So basically what you're saying is you was in a position where you were uncomfortable. You were unhappy. You didn't like what you were doing, although you thought that's what you wanted. And you started to explore in reflection, what have I done in the past that made me happy? And how can I get back to doing that? For sure. So you went to school. You started to work on yourself first, Mm -hmm. your skin specifically. And then you said, why won't I do this for other people? Yeah. 
like you said, art of aesthetics wasn't a thing yet, right? Mm-mm. You were going to go and work into the doctor's offices and you were going to serve their clients. Yeah. That was what your goal was at the time. And just to reiterate how much our vision evolves throughout the process of personal development. How many times can you say, not even explaining, counting from esthetician school to where you are now, how many times your vision evolved into something that you did not plan? We know first it was at the doctor's office. Well, first it was in aesthetic school. Yes. Because you didn't plan on doing that. I didn't. And even then, like I was still working full time. I didn't know what exactly was going to happen with it. It continually evolves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, only thing I know at this point was like, okay. And at this point, looking back, it's like, all right, I'm just going to trust the process. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just going to do it. At least a dozen times. Their main thing was, like, I'm going to go to aesthetic school so I can make products that I feel really confident with. For me, in order for me to move confidently, I like to do it through education. I want to pour yes. myself into mm-hmm. it. I want to learn everything about Phase it. Phase one <laughs> of changing your behaviors is knowledge and learning. Hello. Like, I couldn't be like these celebrities that drop a skincare line or a makeup yeah, line. We don't then, have the resources to be them. Well, this is true. But two, like, I couldn't put that out without knowing for sure mm-hmm. what's going to work. Like, I needed to go to school. I needed to completely engulf myself mm-hmm. in understanding it in order to create a skincare line. And what I mean by what I'm saying is that a lot of people in celebrity status that just drop a line have a team of estheticians. That come in and kind of give them, and if not estheticians, a team of people in general that yeah. come and give them these formulas and these ideas. They and don't actually do the work this themselves. Is true. This so is true. that's what I mean by gotcha. we don't have that luxury. For if sure. we want to build something from the ground up, nine times out of ten, we don't even have a representative to follow in their path Yeah, as black girls in America trying to create businesses Specifically from your experience, whether it be personal or professional. So throughout that process, it has been ever evolving. That's what we'll say. <laughs> so with that comes L's. You take some losses and you win some. Yeah. I'm going to say two. I'm not going to make it too deep. What was two of your scariest moments that almost made you fold? Two scary moments. One was when I decided that I was going to start my own studio that I was going to move forward with it. And as soon as I created it and got the energy to leave the job that I was at previously, my first aesthetics gig, the owners sent me an email. (laughs) I remember this. (laughs) And they were saying that basically I was in breach of contract of my non-compete because my studio or where they thought my studio was was too close to their office and they thought I was stealing clients and that they were going to sue me. Mm-hmm. The little black girl. <gasps> yes. The little black girl in the Caucasian-driven business that's yes. established. Right. Multiple locations. Yes. They wanted you. Yes. And your not. ass. Exactly. To get out of their way. Out their way. Mm-hmm. But you didn't see it like that at that point. No. Yeah. I saw it as like, oh my God, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I can't even put the location because what if they, and they even had a dream about it. You remember that dream? Yeah. I was like, they found out and you were like, well, how did you feel once they found out? And I'm like, why she got to ask all these questions? Girl, they found out. That's what's and, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and then what? <laughs> so they sent me this little email saying that if I didn't immediately cease and desist, blah, 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 that they were going to sue me, so on and so forth. 
And of course, like mentally, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But luckily I had the right people around me that when I said this to everyone was like, okay, this is completely unprofessional. They sent you an email first They sent me an email. It was was a threat. It was a way to, exactly, to threaten me, to make me feel like I was small. You still in my territory. Exactly, exactly. And luckily I had the right people for my mindset, coaches and friends or friends and coaches. (laughs) Coaches and friends, whatever. AKA Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) And good support system of people like, so what? Anything to you, what does that mean? But, you know, just being afraid and like being really fearful that, oh gosh, like they could take everything from me before I even have anything, which we'll get in talk about that mindset later Mm -hmm. but even one of my clients I reached out to her and she instantly reached out to her dad who instantly reached out to attorneys and were like okay so we can tear this well this letter is completely null and void Mm -hmm. which I needed to hear from the you know the attorney to tell me and he's like and just because they sent this to you, like, we would take your case on pro bono and we can tear through the non-compete because then I sent them the non-compete. We can tear through that in a day. They have to spend a lot of money trying to say, like, oh, you stole their clients. Right. Because people have free will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all of my clients, I never reached out to them and said, hey, follow me to this place or whatever. They found me, like, organically. And they mm-hmm. still find me. And they're like, hey, where have you been? I've been looking right. I've been for looking you. for you for two whole years. Exactly. So that was one of the moments that I was like oh yeah I gotta pack up shop and be done with it what else would be another moment another moment where you were like maybe this shit ain't for me pandemic yeah now granted I'm pregnant so highly emotional (laughs) but pandemic I gotta close down shop I still gotta and you have run a service-based business I run a service-based business where I'm direct contact with people right I gotta close down my business and I still gotta pay rent yeah what Oh, no. So you heard that she had to figure out how to still pay to have a studio, but she couldn't actually operate and make money out of the studio. So, yeah. Literally, my question was, is this still for me? Am I supposed to be doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, who knew how long the pandemic was going to last? Before you could get back to work legally. Exactly. And then on top of that, I'm pregnant, so I don't even feel like working that much. And then, But I'm trying to, like, create a business so that I can live the life that I want to. And, and at this time, you're still working. And I'm still working. Full-time in Full-time. the um, doctor's office. Exactly. So let's jump from the beginning of pandemic. You go back to work part-time because you're pregnant and you yeah. already have a baby. Then you have a baby in September. Yeah. And now you are faced with a decision do I go back to work? How soon do I go back to work? And am I supposed to pursue my dreams at this point? For sure. How did that work out for you? After having a baby, because you got all those emotions, all of those things, and now you got a new little baby that you have to take care of. Yeah. So, in my mind, it also comes down to doing what's best for you and trying to please other people. So, in my mind, Making sure everyone else is happy was first and foremost. I don't want to let down the people at the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. As I, if you're not replaceable. Right. Mm-hmm. However, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> the hair flip, bitch. <laughs> and I have to fully step into this because, yes, I am replaceable. No, And However, when I say that, I don't mean that as if. Because in reality, we know your qualities and your skills aren't replaceable. But in corporate America, we are all, all repl- replaceable. If the pandemic didn't teach you anything. We are and, replaceable. And to that point, I know that my level of skill set, my background and experience 
having 10 years experience in leadership and retail allows me to navigate and move through any type of arena a little bit differently. Like, And then not only are you good at facials and medical esthetician work, but now you are also a value for sales. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes down to inventory, like I created a cosmetic department for this really well-established dermatologist who hadn't been doing it before. Mm-hmm. So what that looks like for me was like, okay, I don't want to let them down. I know they need me because I know that I'm a gym when it comes down to this aesthetics realm. Mm-hmm. I know that. I don't want to let them down. I don't want them to have more work on them. I want to do this for myself, but how do I know I'm going to be able to pay my bills? I want to spend more time with my baby. Like, she's amazing. Like, I don't want to miss anything with her. And especially with Nuri not being my first child, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to miss anything. Right. Like, I can fully, I don't, I'm not taking advantage because of any moment. Because that is, like, there. I, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's super important for me. So it's almost like, how do I give them the news? Because I think my mind was already made up from the moment I knew I was pregnant. Yeah, we talked about it a million times and we just kept going over the same thing over and over again. I don't like your tone. And I'm like, this bitch already know what she want to do. She just keep talking about it. But this is literally, it was just me not wanting to let somebody else down. Yeah. And really me being able to learn how to establish boundaries, Mm -hmm. to learn how to do what's best for Nikia. And it's this people-pleasing thing that I want to make sure everyone else is okay before And this has been, after having the baby, really brought that to the forefront for me. Like, do for Nakia first. Mm -hmm. And I talk to my clients about this all the time. Like, you have to put your mask on first. This is what they'd be talking about on the airlines. Like, you don't give the flight attendant enough credit for giving you this life lesson. Because (laughs) she tells you to put on your mask first first before you help others. And Ooh, that you know, is a huge life lesson. Huge life lessons. Thank so you, Flight That's attendant. why I'm here <laughs> as a life strategist for Access Granny Solutions. Shameless plug. Yes. So going through all that is like I'm going through the ebbs and flow of my hormonal and emotions and things like that. It's amazing how you have not heard my episode and you just keep pulling out lines from that bitch. Bitch, we're friends in real life. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I keep interrupting you. The people going to be like, would you let her talk? My man. We're, we're friends in real life. So <laughs> I think that when you talk about alignment, like we have a lot of the same thought processes. Mm-hmm. So where you have like these two people from different walks of life, different experience and so on and so forth that we think the same way. You might get there a little bit quicker than I will. But nevertheless, we get to the point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So before I really interrupted you, you were saying that this is, for one, your second scariest moment in your pursuit of art of aesthetics. And at this moment, your scariest moment was or your scariest decision was telling the people that you wanted to stay home and not work for them anymore. Yeah. So all the things that go into stepping out into entrepreneurship, like, am I going to be able to do it myself? Am I going to be able to pay my bills, support this child that I'm having? How do I tell them without them being disappointed? I've helped them build this. You know, all the things that you go through, just like, oh, I'm letting someone else down. I need to help them before I help myself. And really limiting myself to only seeing yourself as a worker, myself as a worker, only seeing that I could be in someone else's facility or institution or whatever and be able to do the things that I do from marketing, from creating treatments, from inventory, from being a buyer, from curating products and experiences. I can only do that for someone else. And that was just 
the mindset that almost I almost like an in. independent artist who thinks that it'll just be better if they had a record label behind them because it's a machine. Absolutely, absolutely. You wanted a machine behind you for sure. I like the machine of a regular check, or I like the machine of a regular check. Having something to fall back on when a pandemic strikes. Hey, I had a job, so also wanting to be like, oh, I don't want them to think that I was taking advantage of them or I'm not grateful to them. Or that I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. For sure. And putting other people before me. So that was super scary because it comes down to like, okay, this is how I feel. This is what I know I need to do. How do I not let these people down? And the end of the day, it's like, how do you not let yourself down? How do you go fully into pursuing your passion? How do you not half-ass yourself? Like, show up for yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I do that instead of always getting ready to show up for somebody else? And it was giving them 100% and not yourself. Exactly. Because my business didn't start to thrive and grow the way that I wanted it to, the way that I envisioned it organically until I made up my mind that this is what I was doing. And that's a scary moment because it's like, all right, here's this comfortableness. Here's this, I'm comfortable here. Everything's provided for Or I can go out here and do it for myself Mm -hmm. and not realizing that everything that and the aha moment after taking that step is everything that you are doing for them, everything that you know that you provide for them, all these things that you're like, oh, this is why I need to stay because they need me for this. You can do that for yourself. You're doing that for yourself. You owe it to yourself to do it for yourself. So that was the scary moment. I'm going to go out here and do this all by myself. And then realizing that like, you have everything inside you that to you do need. this by yourself. <laughs> exactly. I made a comment on the first episode along the lines of my professional experience is what brought me to the idea of coaching because yeah. I was a counselor for so long. But my personal development and my self-discovery journey is what actually brought me to be an entrepreneur and delivering the service that I adopted from my professional background yeah. into a business that I can offer services the way I see fit. Absolutely. Because I have had that background. Mm-hmm. I've worked in places that said they were client-centered, but it wasn't really client-centered. Yeah. Everything is about money. Yeah. In most corporate settings, everything is about money. So I started to say to myself, everything that I do for a client for them, I can do for a client for myself. Yeah. And I can actually add in those little pieces of information here or there or those resources that I would prefer them use because I know what situation they're in. Exactly. And I could deliver that for them and they can do that and get better results because I'm really actually individualizing their treatment plan. And I'm actually... Girl, that's exactly what I be doing. See? (laughs) See what I'm saying? And that's the point of the podcast really is to make sure that we show people the alignment of what personal development looks like yeah and how creating that fulfillment looks like we came from two different backgrounds we do two totally different things but for some reason there is an alignment that Mm -hmm. is undeniable between what we're doing because we're both essentially healers yeah and it's just crazy so i want people to be able to hear stories like ours yours specifically today and understand that a lot of this is normal. <laughs> and I don't like the word normal because yeah. there's no such thing as normal. Correct. But the process is very similar mm-hmm. for most people, despite what field they're in, despite if it's music, despite if it's cooking, despite if it's art of all forms. Yeah. You go through the same process. And that's kind of what made me want to create Access Granite, because after working with so many different people with so many different backgrounds, and so many different challenges, 
the same tools and resources work for them all. Yeah. And I want to be able to streamline shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, that, I just want to streamline it. We just trying to get there. We trying to get there faster than you would when you were by yourself doing it alone. For the next five years, what is coming for Nakia first and then Art of Aesthetics? Because everything about you over here, girl, we go with us first and then it's them. This is true. <laughs> for Nakia, it's really stepping into my power, speaking my truth. Mm-hmm. learning myself, loving myself unconditionally. It's really about my self-care. It's really about peeling back those layers of so many years of like people pleasing and self-doubt, self-doubt and all those things. And really like stepping into who I am naturally, regardless if that fits into any box or into any circle or any other shape or form that people put on that. But it's really just being my authentic self and learning who that is, loving who that is, trusting who that is. And in that, I found that that's my most authentic form. Like I'm super creative in that when I'm in my power, when I'm trusting myself, when I'm taking care of myself first and loving myself. And what that looks like is I'm able to curate beautiful experiences for other people through healing people, healing their confidence, healing their skin healing their self-care rituals, healing them through self-care rituals, healing through yoga and meditation. I don't really know where that goes. Mm -hmm. I know that it's something that the angels around me have kind of like (laughs) guided me through. But I know that if I found healing in it, that I can share that with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I like to talk about Auntie Maya. And once you learn, you teach. And that's very organic for me. I love to teach. I love to explain. I love to talk. And to be able to help people heal, to help people grow, to help people trust themselves, to love themselves. And I feel like the deeper that I go into that, the better my capability is to help other people through that. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that collectively raises the consciousness of all the people involved. And collectively, we grow. We vibrate higher. We are more aware. We're more, we're love. And that transcends. So for Art of Aesthetics, that looks like Finally making those skincare products. Yes, yes, Um, that's going to happen. Being a skincare ritualist and being able to provide people, mainly women, Black women, women of color, with self-care experiences and rituals and retreats and things that allow us to really just pour into ourselves because those things feel so good. So that's the next five years. I don't know exactly what everything looks like. I've only seen little bits and pieces. And I'm glad you brought that up because as we work through our personal development and self-discovery journey, which I have mentioned in the first episode, it's ongoing. It doesn't end. You just evolve. You vibrate higher. And until you God, it's always the next level. I feel like in that process, we gain more perspective sure and we actually expand our vision because we're becoming whole as we go through our journey Mm -hmm. and every time you add a little bit more to yourself you add a little bit more to your vision yeah so it's okay not to know (laughs) what every step is gonna look like Yeah. yeah we want you to plan yeah we want you to be productive yeah we want you to have a goal but you have to be able to also surrender to life for sure and the flow of what life is yeah because if you Start resisting in order to meet what you wrote down on that paper. You'll miss a lot of your blessings. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That was a word. It was. Ching, ching. All right. One last affirmation and or life lesson that you want to leave. You already said it. The one that I know 
has been your affirmation specifically this past few months. Y'all should see how she looking at me. <laughs> I put her on the spot. Mind you, she just said the one that I know for sure because I'm her friend. I'm her coach. <laughs> so I know the one that we've been working on consistently. So I want to see if you come up with the one that I'm thinking of. Lord, this is like you, like, did I study? Oh, did you think you took a test? <laughs> and this has been something, even writing it down, I shared this with you. It was hard for me to even like write it down, but I am worthy. This is not the one that you were thinking of. But it leads into it. So I'm going to carry on when you finish. I am worthy dot, dot, dot. But once I have to segue into the song that puts this in my head all the time, it's by Natalie Lauren. It's called God Morning. Mm -hmm. And it says, I will show up for myself. And in meditation and thoughts, like I am worthy of showing up for myself. Mm -hmm. I am worthy of love. I'm worthy of success. Mm -hmm. I am worthy of great friendships. I'm worthy of travel. I'm worthy of whatever. And sometimes I have this thought process in my mind that I'm not deserving. And so I won't receive those things because I feel that I'm not... You blocking. I'm blocking. I'm literally the biggest hater on the block being your mind. Yes. I block those blessings and I block those because I have conditioned myself to think that I'm not worthy of these things. And when the reality is, yes, I've always been worthy of them, I have to affirm myself and that I'm deserving and that I'm worthy. And that's been one of my affirmations that I've been working through or working with lately. Mm-hmm. But what were you going to say? It's the same thing. Showing up for yourself. Yeah. So I, you ended up there. Exactly. You ended up there. Because it was literally there. like, I'm worthy of showing up for myself. And yes. every day that I do, you man, be lit. Lady in the city, dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> Lady like a titty. Like a titty. <laughs> and there's a lot of titties in this room. There this are. There is a lot. I am Speaking grateful. Of titties, I need Wait. to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta get the milky titties out of here. I just wanna have a moment of gratitude for you. Aww. Because you my dog, first and foremost. One of my new friends that I truly <laughs> appreciate. Tell the people how long we've been friends. Now. <sighs> About 11 years. 11 years. Like and she still put the new. They still say new on the frame. Inside jokes. We fine. We fine. But definitely a moment of gratitude. And to let you know how proud I am of you. Because since we are mentally aligned and friends and all that, I've gone through the process with you. And to see you ascend to where you are now. And mm-hmm. to really stepping into your power and into your purpose. And doing all the things that you have to do in order to deliver this message and Mm. trusting and stuff like that. I think that it's such a beautiful thing and to be a person who's gone through that or going through that to see you bring it into life and to do this podcast and to do the work that you're doing and will continue to do. I'm so proud of you. Mm. And I appreciate you every day because your soul is so genuine. And nope, I'm not doing it. I just looked up because I was looking at the ground and I was all in my feelings, right? But when she paused real long, I know my friend, I had to look up. Bitch, eyes get water. She's trying to make both of us cry here. Your soul is so genuine and it's rare that people come into contact with people who are such genuine, like heartfelt people. And 
I know all of your friends feel this way. And this is why your friends are so territorial over you. <laughs> that's, because... that's why they like, you going to start a podcast. <laughs> you going to help other people. Right. Don't you have enough? <laughs> Don't we give you enough? For a long time, it felt like it. <laughs> but you have a gift that's meant to be shared with the world. I will share my friend. <laughs> Y'all can have her work phone number, okay? <laughs> but truly, like, our friendship, your role and place in my life has been to the betterment of my life and my business and my brand and my journey and all those things. And how often can you say that? So this is uh, too much. I'm overwhelmed. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I just had to have this moment because I truly, oh, I truly love you. And even the fact that too, we're having friend. this conversation and we get to segue back to seven years ago and all the things that we've gone through and been through and conversations we've had to see the journey and to have someone that's like 10 toes down Mm -hmm. with you the entire time and from a non-judgmental standpoint. Please, because I'm a nigga nigga. At the end of the day, (laughs) I have my faults (laughs) just like everybody else. Sometimes my delivery a little off because you might not want to hear that shit today. You're aggressive. But you, that's why you got to be a friend. You got to check my mood at the door. You got to answer the phone and you got to be able to say, nah, she ain't in the mood. Nope. Exactly. Because depending like, on what mood I'm in is how you go get your message today. This is true. I told y'all you in have- the first episode I'm moody and inconsistent. <laughs> and you can stand in that. I okay. stand in that ten toes. Ten toes down. And I'm still going to be able to help you. Exactly. Because I know it and I work on it. Hello. All the time. I get better. Mm-hmm. I just don't answer the phone. Which is fine. <laughs> My friend crying, y'all, and I am sitting here, and I'm like, oh my goodness, because one of my biggest struggles used to be taking compliments. Yeah. I used to hate taking compliments, like, am I really that good? Mm -hmm. Like, do I mean that much to you? How? Yeah. Could I mean that much to you? So I identify with the I am worthy affirmation that you carry every day, because that's a lot of why I almost didn't make it here. Yes. Because I didn't know if I deserved first that much. Yeah from others that don't know me because mm-hmm. it's one thing to get it from y'all yeah but it's a whole nother thing to let other people in and also the negative side that come with it mm-hmm. and i had to really say i don't give a fuck so that i could continue come on now be scared and, and do, do it, it anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right nikia before we wrap this up i wanted to come back and ask where can we follow you find you for services where are you located all that good stuff Yes, so you can find me on social media at Art of Period, the actual period. Like the city girls. <laughs> Aesthetics, which is A E S T E T I C S, on Instagram as well as Facebook. My website is www.artofaestheticsstudio.com. There you'll find uh, my booking page where you can book customized facials for new clients. Please select a virtual consultation or a new client facial. But I also offer microneedling and chemical peels and customized facials. I'm located in West Palm Beach, Florida, I'm centrally located right off of 95. And I'm a part of the U Alexander Beauty Bar amazing team. Shout out to Yuna for divine timing and alignment and the friendship that we fostered since we've met each other. And that's where you can find me. 
Thank you so much, Nakia, for coming by and sharing your story, explaining to the regulators how you show up for yourself and encouraging others and inspiring others to show up for themselves. I am Brittany Leary, your host of Access Granted Solutions. This is episode two of season one. Don't forget to review. Don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to share it with your people. If you think they're going to love it, just get to them. Tell them just listen. I'll do the rest. Just tell them just listen. I'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to The Regulators Weekly. Learning how discovering ourselves is the key to success. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, leave a review, and join us again next week. This is The Regulators. Your access has been granted. Regulators! Mount up.